Hello and welcome to JLGB Virtual We Are Live. As part of JLGB's recent adjustments to the coronavirus lockdown, we have been helping parents and young people stay entertained and active all online. In order to adapt our delivery to the government restrictions, on the 23rd of March, we launched JLGB Virtual, which runs every Monday to Thursday evening. This is our way of ensuring that we can continue to delight, inform and entertain young people so that they can have some fun, learn new skills and make a difference. Sessions include skills like magic, upcycling and coding. Physical activities and the focus of this podcast series, interviews with expert speakers from a range of backgrounds, including famous actors, social entrepreneurs, government ministers and many more. These interviews are run by young people like myself. So if you have any questions or want to get involved, please reach out to us on any social media platform. Just look for Judge BHQ and message us. We have so many exciting guests for you to listen to and we hope you'll join us live very soon. For now though, join us through our catalogue of guests. Today's guest is Strictly's Pasha Kovalev. Sit back, relax and I hope you enjoy. But first, tonight, Pasha Kovalev is a professional Latin and ballroom dancer known for his appearances on the famous dancing competitions So You Think You Can Dance, Dancing With The Stars and of course, Strictly Come Dancing. Born in Siberia, the then Soviet Union, Pasha started dancing at the age of eight, competing in amateur competitions in Latin dancing around Russia. At the age of 21, Pasha moved to the United States and started competing professionally all around the world, becoming a finalist in the US Open from 2002 to 2006. And in 2007, Pasha and his then partner, Anya Garnis, auditioned for season three of So You Think You Can Dance, hosted by Kat Dealey, with Pasha himself making it all the way to the semi-finals. Over the next seven seasons, Pasha choreographed and danced as an all-star, becoming a household name in America and performing in the finals of season seven and eight. In August 2009, Pasha joined the production of Burn the Floor and made his Broadway debut in one of the leading ballroom-based shows in the world before taking up the opportunity in the summer of 2011 to join the BBC's Strictly Come Dancing in its ninth season, which we all know and love. Since joining Strictly, Pasha holds the record for the most tens ever awarded, the record for most perfect scores, and the record for the longest consecutive run of perfect scores, and was the first dancer ever to reach the finals three times. This prolific success includes his victory with the late Caroline Flack in season 12 and meeting his now wife, Rachel Riley, in season 11. Since stepping away from Strictly in 2017, Pasha has become the proud father of Maven, whose bath time we disturbed with when we interviewed proud mummy Rachel Riley on JLGB Virtual just a few weeks ago. So before we accidentally wake up baby Maven, without further ado, Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome tonight's special guest, Pasha Kovalev. Good evening, Pasha. How are you and your family doing? Hello, hello, everyone. Doing great. Uh, just wanted to check. Yes, I think you can hear me. Yeah. Yes, absolutely fantastic being here and uh, talking to you. 
let's begin. <laughs> Great. So I think firstly, we just want to know how's lockdown been for you? Like, how are you keeping positive? And especially, presumably for an active dancer, it must have been really tough stuck indoors. Uh, yes, definitely not enough dancing. I mean, I'm trying to dance around with my little daughter now and she absolutely loves it and <laughs> screams and laughs all the time. Uh, she might become a dancer eventually. I don't know. I'm not going to push it on her, but uh, <laughs> we dance a little bit around uh, and it's uh, a lot of fun. Uh, but uh, since the industry at the moment frozen, uh, entire theater and uh, performing life, performing arts um, industry kind of on hold, probably till next year. Yeah, it's it's difficult to be actively dancing as much as I would like to or as much as I did before. So uh, it all becomes more um, uh, kind of goes into different route. You start thinking about new ideas, uh, working on new projects, uh, uh, kind of venturing out now into the West End uh, production shows uh, venue. So uh, trying to maybe discover new new possibilities uh, for me as a dancer personally yeah definitely it's a whole new mindset so but we're really really pleased to have you on GLGB virtual program tonight and we've been boosting positivity and keeping children and their families active healthy and entertained for 19 weeks now since lockdown began with the help of a special guest each evening so you were, of course, nominated by your amazing wife, Rachel Riley. <laughs> but why was it particularly important for you to join us this evening? Uh, well, I think what you do is an amazing, amazing act uh, that uh, hopefully give other people momentum to recreate similar acts like this of kindness in their lives and uh, make the lives of people around them um, more kind and pleasant and uh, uh, it, it feels like um, it's what, like one of those progressions or even in a way paid forward kind of system where uh, by changing what you do around yourself how do you relate to people around you in very close proximity starting with your family uh, will change eventually I believe will change the world so more of acts of kindness you do around yourself, better this world will become. Yeah, definitely. And speaking of acts of kindness, which, as you know, or you will have heard, um, we're all about that here at JLGB. And we always ask our guests what they've been doing to help others at this difficult time. So I'm sure you've had your hands full with Baby Maven, but is there a particular act of kindness you've done to help others during this pandemic that you can name? Um, yes, Baby Maven <laughs> keeps me quite busy, <laughs> but I was uh, helping people around in my area, elderly people who cannot really leave their apartments uh, to do some grocery shopping and uh, deliver food uh, to their doorsteps. Uh, so uh, I try to actually sign up for more things, but because of my, I guess, status in the country, they, they needed more confirmations and it, it kind of all the process became so difficult. I, I stepped away. So just uh, the people I knew or met before around in the area, elderly people who, well, some of them recognize who I am, some not, but uh, helping them with simple things like food and groceries. 
Yeah, that's so nice. Thank you for sharing. So if that's okay, let's go back to the very beginning. If you could tell us about your childhood growing up in and see and the youth opportunities that you that you think shaped you. Um, you were born and raised in Siberia, which um, from everything I've seen in the movies, it's really cold. So <laughs> what was it like growing up in the days of the then Soviet Union? Well, the good thing about kids is that um, they don't really think about that. Looking back now, you think, oh, yes, uh, it was cold. Or, yes, it was a difficult time. It was a transition from Soviet Union, where I was born, into uh, modern uh, democracy in Russia, which uh, followed by waves of poverty, of uh, hunger, of uh, problems, all sorts of problems for common people around the country. country is uh, quite vast. and. Uh, not everywhere help could uh, could arrive in time and people were starving people were trying to uh, simple like i know an example of my mom who was trying to feed me and my brother but at that time i wasn't aware of that at all i had like i said very uh, happy and busy childhood i was uh, doing all kinds of things i was in a choir i was trying to draw, I was uh, into chess, uh, I was going to chess club, I was dancing, I was doing martial arts, and uh, kept kept myself busy. I, was, I loved to read, I always was reading, always had a book on me, and no matter what I was doing, like even uh, in breaks, uh, during school breaks, between the lessons, I would just uh, read the book and uh, kind of dive into that world. And then, of course, dancing that I saw on stage. My mom took me to a dance competition when I was about seven, eight years old. And uh, I absolutely loved what was happening on the dance floor. Can you imagine? I, I remember it was a feb February, windy, cold. You have to put five coats. Of, well, I'm over-exaggerating, but uh, <laughs> lots of clothes if you wanted to stay safe outside. And you walk into this uh, beautiful... Um, palace with amazing stage with lights and uh, all this latin uh, show happening and uh, all those boys and girls dancing with this music that completely takes takes you over In incredible feeling and i told my mom um my mom uh, i really like what i see please uh, take me there to the dance studio i want to meet those girls I was eight years old and uh, I guess I fall in love with dance and fall in love with girls who were dancing, <laughs> so kind of mixed together. But then as I was growing up, uh, the focus was actually on dancing, which uh, took me through life uh, and it became my career. Because um, you've mentioned that uh, I've been dancing uh, in amateur division, but uh, in dancing, it's like um, in Russia, especially, even amateur division is of quite high level. You have mm -hmm. to work so hard in order to be able to get to the top and in order to be um, taking, getting into the finals and taking high places in the competitions. Uh, so it's seven days of work, uh, of uh, seven days a week uh, of uh, practice and kind of mm, very dedicated lifestyle. I didn't think about that uh, when I was growing up. To me, it was something that I like doing and I was rushing to the dance rehearsals. Uh, uh, but now looking back, it was 
four or five hours of uh, practice every day. So it was almost like what Olympians do in a way, of, of course, maybe they do it a little bit more when they only focus on the discipline they performing in or whatever sport they uh, getting ready for, for Olympics. Um, the same there, we were always having competitions that we were traveling for around the region, around the country and later around the world. Uh, so you always practicing, always staying focused, always um, trying to get better and achieve better results. Wow, that's amazing, especially I'm particularly, um, I love dance and have loved it throughout my whole childhood, so thank you. Um, this might link to your previous answer, but how does a young Russian boy get involved in Latin dancing? Um, was there ever any other career or did you always know you wanted to be a professional dancer? Uh, to be honest, I never thought of dancing as a career or I never actually thought of any other careers. I, I was just a kid who was doing what he liked and eventually it be the passion became uh, the lifestyle, lifestyle became a career. Um, at the age of uh, 14, I moved a couple thousand miles away. Russia is a big country. So I moved a couple thousand miles away from my hometown to another town where my dance studio uh, I was uh, going to moved. So the entire dance studio moved to another town and offered opportunity to just uh, a few kids to follow the studio and kind of leave, uh, you can say, adult life in a way and focus even more on dance. So then, since I was 14, I had to cook my own food, I had to uh, buy my own clothes, I had to make sure that I go to school by myself, don't oversleep and uh, um, everything that, um, that, basically it was an adult life and all of that uh, was happening because my involved in dan in dancing so uh in order to not survive but in order to be independent you have to start working a little bit and of course it wasn't child labor but it was uh, a little bit of teaching younger kids kids who were three four five six when i was 14 15 16 uh start, start help them get their first step in steps in dancing. So I was working uh, then, start teaching and uh, getting even more experience because uh, like you know, probably you heard about it. If you wanna get better at anything, you should start teaching that to anyone. And through teaching something, you rediscover and open new dimensions of the thing you're focusing on, all of the thing you, uh, teaching to other people. It's incredible how it works and uh, until you try it yourself and experience it for yourself, you, you wouldn't be able to comprehend how it works. But uh, just uh, if you wanted to get better at something, start teaching it, even if it's just to your parents or to your friends, just a little explanation or a little blog on uh, online uh, on any platform uh, that will make you grow in what you're doing and what you're passionate about. Yeah, definitely. Thank you. Um, so obviously you moved from Russia to America to compete in So You Think You Can Dance. Would you class this as your big break? At the moment, I wasn't um, looking at it from that perspective. So it's, it's funny how it worked, but uh, 
I was so focused in my competitive career, and that's why I moved to United States, where I had more opportunities, more work opportunities, and uh, well, ballroom dancing is an expensive hobby slash uh, uh, career slash uh, profession. So, because kind of mix of everything, you you really have to be in love with it in order to being passionate enough to work hard day day in and day out. And uh, opportunities in America, uh, financial opportunities with work, and of course, uh, uh, opportunity of learning new new not disciplines but uh, new things with new people new coaches was much greater than at in russia at that point and that's what uh, uh guide my decision to to move to united states and as i said i was so focused on my dance uh professional dance being inside of this box uh where you teach, you practice, you go to the competitions every week, every weekend, you're in a different part of America. Uh, so it means you have to uh, work on your routines, you have to work on your technique, you have to get new costumes, you have to find time to um, do all of that besides uh, working, besides uh, teaching and making money in order to provide yourself an opportunity to travel and to participate in the competitions and uh, I got very sick I was working so hard I got very very sick and I had to be admitted to the hospital and I spent uh, uh, three weeks in the hospital I had a blood clot in my uh, vein uh, here so it dissolved it never came back it was just one of those freak of nature things and uh, that particular um, uh, disease or whatever you, you call it, it wasn't really disease, but uh, it usually happens uh, with young professionals, young people who overwork and their immune system kind of collapse and uh, it can resolve itself in, in anything and absolutely anything. And in my case, it was a blood clot and doctors were freaking out because if it would move up, uh, it would go straight into my brain and that would be the the end of my dance career and probably everything else at that point but again i guess i was always uh, a positive person so i didn't really think about that it's more in the conversations with my friends uh, and family later uh, seeing their reaction to what was happening to me i realized how serious and dangerous it was it didn't scare me then it didn't scare me later i just uh, realized that people can look at uh, things from a different angles but for me it was oh, oh that's fine I, I never been in a hospital or oh, i can take a break from uh, my everyday uh hard working schedule and uh, play computer games and watch tv so it was kind of fun it, it was uh, even though it's not fun um, but it was uh, something that made me think and rethink my career and how much uh of work I've been doing and which way would I go uh, next and where would I see myself in the future based on this little, uh, you can say, not very positive experience. And my dance partner, uh, Anya, as you mentioned, I've been dancing with her overall for over 25 years now. We started dancing when uh, we were young kids. Uh, she was 16, I was 17. So it, it was a long, long time ago. But uh, 
she kind of wanted to try something else and I was just in the hospital and uh, well actually just came out from the hospital we slowly start getting into rehearsals slowly start getting into dancing again but I needed so much time to recover because my immune system was completely shut down with everything what was happening to me before I got into the hospital and during all the procedures they've done to me in the hospital so I couldn't even step outside without getting sick so it took me a few months to get back on my feet but she saw an opportunity uh, just simply pa passing by one queue in New York City and that queue was uh, a dance audition for So You Think You Can Dance. At that point, it was already audition for the third season. We absolutely loved that show. We were watching it and knew everything about it. Uh, it was really, really exciting. But at the same time, I never thought that I would want to be in a show like that. For me, it was a little bit amateurish kind of in a way, only because uh, you wouldn't be focusing on what uh, you've been doing all your life and getting better at that, but would have to uh, branch out and try different dance styles and kind of start from the scratch, from the beginning. And uh, as entertaining it, as it was, I was never thinking I would want to do uh, a program like that. And uh, my dance partner offered me to go and audition with her. I said, you know what? It's great, but it's not for me. Obviously, we are ballroom couples, ballroom and Latin couples. So it means our strength is in dancing together. So I will uh, gladly come and help you to audition to showcase your talent in the best possible way uh, and support you there, uh, which we did. And I was completely relaxed and people were... Uh, auditioning, uh, I, th I think it was first a small tiny room before you go audition in front of the judges. Uh, it's a small tiny room when uh, 10 by 10 uh, people would walk in, little uh, dance floor, probably two by two or three by three, really small dance floor square in this room and uh, each person would, uh, would come in and dance in front of the producers for about eight bars of music and the producer would say, okay, number one, number three, number five, you uh, staying, everyone else, thank you very much. So my dance partner, Anya, stepped on the dance floor. She just moved once and the producer's uh, <laughs> jaw dropped because she was so beautiful in her dance with, with emotions, with her grace, with her energy. So he said, yes, definitely you're going through. And then he recognized uh, her as a ballroom dancer. And she said, oh, you, you must have brought your partner well since you're here you, you're going through anyway but uh, show us what what you got uh, together of course we we just dance a little bit and the producer just in the middle of our dance stopped the music came to me like face to face uh jeff thacker his name and he said um so why are you not auditioning and i said well it's it's not for me i'm not interested i'm actually here to support my partner he kind of was quiet for a second and asked me again, why are you not auditioning? I said, ah, I, I have other things in my life. I'm just trying to get back on track. He was quiet for another second and said, so why are you not auditioning? And every reason I was uh, coming back with uh, uh, to his question, why I wasn't auditioning, uh, he would just kind of let it slide by him and ask it again and again and again. And uh, I wasn't giving up, so I 
didn't have any intention on, on going and actually audition. I was just trying to help my dance partner. So he thought, okay, I'm not going getting anywhere with this guy. Have to try different tactics. And he said, you know what? Uh, if you not gonna audition with your dance partner, I simply not gonna let her to go in front of the judges tomorrow. So it's up to you. If you wish, come back tomorrow together, eight in the morning, and we'll put you in front of the judges on stage for the main part of the audition. And if you're not gonna show up, just tell your partner she, she doesn't have to, she, she can stay at home as well. So he kind of blackmailed me and uh, later realized he was just, you know, playing, <laughs> playing me. But at that point I was so serious about how, how I would possibly can let my dance partner down. So I went home, I thought about it, talked to my friends. And then next morning, uh, my dance partner Anya and I, we showed up uh, for the main audition. Uh, we danced in front of judges, went straight to the next uh, round of uh, more serious auditions, which was held in uh, Las Vegas. And from there, went to the main show. It kind of was uh, a huge journey that took me there. And while I was on a journey, I realized what it was actually. And later I saw how beneficial it was for me, for my dancing, for my perspective on dancing, uh, and how beneficial it was for me to step outside of that box, ballroom box, as I mentioned before, I was in it. Competitions work, competitions work. So there I saw how new styles of dance, or not new, they were new to me, but they were old for everyone else how do they work how choreographers work where the inspiration comes uh, for all those people how you can apply yourself uh, and speak out your mind not just do choreography but uh, talk about problems that you experience in your life or you see around you how you can speak about things like that uh, uh, through the dance through the language of dance and let people feel exactly what you feel uh, by doing those dances, by creating this different choreography. And that was kind of a jumping step for me, for my TV career that I never really wanted. But once I was in it, I realized how, how much I can offer to people who love dancing uh, through doing dancing and uh, doing something that people can uh, look at and say, oh, I wanna dance like this one day. So maybe it was a long answer to your <laughs> short question, <laughs> but here we are. Yeah, thank you. That was really fascinating to hear the whole story behind it. Um, so also after competing in Dancing with the Stars, um, the American Strictly, in 2011, you were uh, invited to take part in Strictly Come Dancing and move to the UK. What was that move like? It must've been quite monumental and had you ever been to the UK prior prior to this and also which show did you prefer? Well yes I have been to UK uh, to the UK before that competed in uh, many competitions uh, Blackpool International uh, which always were great and biggest and best competitions in the world and every uh, respect respecting respecting himself, ballroom dancer wants to come to, to the UK and compete in those events. And uh, 
coming to uh, UK to do Strictly Come Dancing was a, a thought that actually was growing in me for a number of years because I've been approached by uh, producers of the show uh, a few times and every time I was busy, I was on a world tour or doing Broadway and I was like, ah, sorry, I don't have time right now. And then when suddenly I had time, I, I said, okay, I want to do the show. First of all, uh, Strictly Come Dancing is the original show. Then it branched out uh, to all of the countries. I, I believe it was uh, at some point 56 countries that had uh, the version of Strictly Come Dancing on their TVs. Usually it's called Dancing with the Stars in mo most of the uh, countries. Um, so it was quite epic, epic program for a ballroom dancer seeing how um, a dance style that you like being popularized uh, uh, popularized on on screens to oh, people uh, everywhere around the, the world and I had so many people uh, throughout my career on Strictly Come Dancing coming to me and saying you know what by watching Strictly or by watching me personally on TV they decide to start dancing they decide to not necessarily professionally but go to the dance studio uh, start learning how to dance it help them uh, obviously with uh, their health because of exercise it uh, improved their social life some of them m met their partners through uh, going to the dance studios and start dancing so there are a lot of positive stories uh, related to to that experience I'm, I'm a huge ambassador of uh, uh, dance and uh, in our days TV is the biggest uh, medium and you can uh, popularize uh, dance in particular through the uh, TV program so much better and so much more effective. And uh, you asked me, and I kind of didn't go into it uh, much, but being a boy in, uh, in ballroom and Latin never been a problem for me back uh, in Russia when I was growing up. No one ever was bullying me or uh, saying anything regarding me being a dancer. I remember kids at school, but Russia may be a little bit different than, uh, for example, America or UK, where uh, the entire country is quite open for different forms of uh, performing art, including dancing for boys. And it, it was prestigious. The kids were looking uh, to how much we were practicing, how much we were traveling, that we had uh, a goal in our life, well, short term, competition long-term become better in, in dancing. Teachers uh, at school respect us, uh, respected us uh, tremendously and tried to help us as much as, as they, they could. So I never had problem with being a boy in, in dance. Uh, going to America, I realized that was a little bit different. And, and sometimes I would, uh, people would ask me a question, little boys would ask me a question, what do I do if uh, someone is bullying me at school for my desire to, to, to dance? And uh, of course it happens, but uh, you have to stick with what you like and uh, everything else will eventually fall away and disappear and you will end up doing what you like doing regardless of uh, whoever says whatever. So going back to, to Strictly Come Dancing, I came here for three months. I just wanted to do one show. I loved the program. 
I loved uh, the concept I did uh, perform on uh, Dancing with Stars in America. And um, I felt that uh, comparing those two uh, programs, even though it's the same format, in uh, in UK, in the UK, it was a better production in a way. Not more expensive. In America, they throw a lot of money into that production, which, which was great. But here, it was more family-like oriented. It was a little bit more uh, old-fashioned kind of. Uh, when you look at ballroom and Latin. So it was exactly what I've been doing all my life, practicing that kind of style of dance. And I could do it in front of millions of people uh, every week, week in and week out. I could teach the person, which I was doing, as I said earlier, from age 14, teaching other people how to dance. And I could perform myself and uh, had an opportunity to work with most amazing professional dancers, amazing choreographers, amazing production team, uh, everyone asking always, oh, well, it seems like you're all getting along strictly and uh, it feels like you are one big family. Is that just for a show or it's actually a thing? And I can tell you it was always actual thing. We were all so supportive of one each other because we obviously all were in the same boat. And in spite of being called competition, we never compete against one another. We actually try to help one another as much as we could with our celebrities, give a little advice somewhere, just encourage and just be supportive and friendly uh, to all the people around. So I absolutely loved it. And uh, this three months, one series that I uh, uh, originally was planning on doing end up to be eight years and, uh, and uh, personal life and uh, being married to Rachel now and uh, uh, being in final of, what is it, four times, now dancing with most amazing celebrities and uh, uh, creating beautiful choreography and being part of fantastic, absolutely mind-blowing group, big group professional numbers that uh, uh, I absolutely love doing. Wow, thank you so much uh, for that. It was really amazing to hear. Um, so we have, unsurprisingly, so, so many audience questions that are rapid fire and there's over uh, 1K people watching now, which is really exciting. Great. Hello, everyone. Um, <laughs> so I'm going to pass over to Emma for our first audience question. Hi, how are you? Hi, Emma. I'm good. How are you? I'm good, thanks. So over the years you've danced all over the world, including Cardiff, where my dance school and I actually danced with you and Katia in 2013. But throughout your career, you have tra transitioned into a choreographer. So which do you prefer? And could you tell us a little more about this change? Uh, yes, of course, uh, as a dancer, not every dancer goes through the same, uh, the same way, but, uh, you kind of work all the time on a choreographer choreography for yourself or for other people and uh, eventually uh, you find the ways you, you you're trying to find new ways of expressing uh, yourself through your choreography and uh, i guess i i've always thought of myself as a dancer first and choreographer second and whenever i'm doing choreography, I have to dance it through. I have to experience it in my body, I have to put the music on, think about it for a second, feel what the music tells me, 
uh, have a story in my head set and then start dancing, start moving kind of, you know, like some, uh, I don't know if you guys, uh, any of you doing music, but you, when you're just warming up on piano or in any, any instrument, you start improvising and that's how you create new music and you're like, oh, that sounds good. Let me write it down. The same here with choreography. Sometimes you're just improvising and uh, something comes out and you're like, oh, I need to remember that and uh, save it for the next time. If you do uh, choreography that if you prepare certain choreography, you obviously have idea of what the number is all about, where you want to go, what you're trying to showcase, what you're trying to say, how do you want people to feel about what you're doing. And uh, I've been doing it since the beginning because when you come on stage, even as a little kid, uh, you you're performing, you're not just doing steps, you're not just moving your arms and legs and head turning uh, in sync with the music with your partner, you being an actor a little bit. So you have to uh, realize what you're trying to say by your dance. Is it a serious dance? Is it a sad dance? Is it a happy dance? Is it uh, some sort of a confrontation dance or passionate dance or it's just romantic dance? And then according to that, you uh, perform and uh, attach certain emotional background to that dance. So people who watch you dance realize, oh, that is romantic walls and they just met for the first time and they're falling in love. So you want that feeling uh, go through you or, uh, to the audience and settle there so they would experience exactly what you experience inside. So that already connects with the choreography in a way. So it already teaches you how to uh, join together the thought, idea and the movement together. Hope that answers your question. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much, Emma. So uh, on to our next audience question uh, to Charlie. Hi. Hi, Charlie. Um, you've competed all over the world as a dancer. Do you ever get nervous? And for the budding performers out there, what are your top tips on overcoming stage fright and nerves? Um, so, well, so someone told me a long time ago, don't confuse nerves with excitement because both of them produce the same chemical reaction in your body and the same uh, maybe side effects. You like, you, your adrenaline is, a uh, level of your adrenaline is rising, you, you start breathing heavily. So every time before going on stage, I kind of felt that rise of energy inside of me. And uh, I chose to treat it as excitement, excitement level rising rather than, oh, I'm actually nervous about it. So maybe the best advice uh, would be try to take that energy and channel it into positive uh, side of the performing, uh, performing in front of other people because you're coming out to show them something good. It's not about, um, excuse me, it's not about how you gonna be, how, how uh, let me uh, kind of phrase it the best way. You're coming to show people how beautiful what you do is, and that should be your thought, not how judgmental they will be if, when they look at you performing, dancing in this case. Thank you. Thanks so much. Um, on to our next audience question, to Bradley. Hi. Hi. 
Um, so you hold the record for the most tens ever awarded in Strictly and were the first dancer to reach the finals three times. What do you think makes you so successful and is there a secret? Uh, thank you for your question. Um, I think <laughs> successful. That's, that's such a term that uh, a lot of people use, but no one really determines exactly how to measure success. I never was thinking about success. All I was thinking is about my art, what I do. I love dancing, I love performing, and I tried every time I either did choreography or uh, dance live or in front of the live audience or rehearsing, try to do my best. And that's it. That's all I was doing. And that took me to uh, those records, which I was surprised to hear. Uh, I was like, oh, really? Who, who's that guy? Oh, it's me. Wow. Never even thought about it. So uh, that never was my goal to be the most uh, successful on Strictly to be most uh, to, to get the most tens and perfect scores. I was just trying to make my dance uh, with my dance partner the best possible dance we could do at that particular point. That's all, that's all you can do. You're only as good as your last dance, let's, let's put it this way. Thank you so much, Bradley, and thank you, Pasha. Um, so over to the lovely Alana for our next question. So, as most people know, you won the Glitter Ball in Series 12 Strictly with the amazing but sadly late, um, sadly late Caroline Flack. How did it feel to finally lift the trophy? And can you tell us your favourite memories working with Caroline? Yeah, it was an amazing season. Uh, Caroline was an amazing dancer who uh, at first didn't believe in her abilities. Seeing her from the first day of rehearsals, I knew she had a lot of potential dance-wise, and I kept reinforcing that in her. And it took us pretty much two weeks, seven or eight, uh, I don't remember which which week was it, uh, when we went to Blackpool. Uh, after that, she kind of started believing in herself more and more, but not enough to say, oh yes, I'm going to win this competition, I'm the best dancer. She was always saying, oh, this uh, person dancing so much better and this person dancing so much better. So my job was there to to be uh, a rock for her, the, the person who she can lean on and uh, uh, know that whatever she does on stage, uh, she, she can do it freely without uh, looking back because she would know that I'm right there supporting her. My favorite um, uh, moments, I guess, was coming into the final. We had lots of beautiful dances that I absolutely loved that were leading to the final. In the final, we did the show dance that uh, uh, I decided to do a little bit different to what has been done in uh, on Strictly previous series. Went a little bit into a little bit more dramatic mode and kind of uh, dove deep into the emotion and it worked. And uh, even now thinking about it, I, I get goosebumps because Caroline really, really, uh, embodied that dance, embodied that uh, uh, character. And when she was dancing, it, it was just uh, uh, like no one else exists around us. It was just her and I in completely empty room, uh, just dancing for ourselves, even though we knew there were 
audience uh, around us, judges, and millions of people uh, watching that at home. But I guess we managed to channel our emotions and our feelings into that routine that much that we just dissolved in it. And that was an uh, unbelievable moment that I will always remember and cherish. Wow, that's so lovely to hear. Thank you so much, Alana. And now on to Zoe. Hi. Hello. What are, what are the Strictly Condensing judges really like? Are they really mean? Are they just giving constructive criticism? Of all the judges, past and present, who was the one you really want to impress and why? <laughs> oh, that's a good question. Um... Here we're stealing all the beans. Uh, <laughs> listen, uh, judges on Strictly, they all absolutely lovely people, especially outside of their characters, sometimes too mean uh, that they take during the uh, shows. Uh, and they're trying to, to do their best to kind of encourage you and your celebrity to continue with the competition, get better. Uh, improve yourself and uh, at the same time their job is to create a show their job to entertain people at home as well so they were all wishing us the best uh, they've been all constructive and wishing us the best uh, going on in in the competition even that sometimes some of them I'm not gonna say their names would be really really mean to certain people and saying mean things, but uh, we uh, walked out of there uh, after the live shows, we would just laugh at it. And uh, and they were like, of course, you were absolutely fantastic. And uh, Craig would always say, I absolutely love you to every celebrity, even if they had to give them low scores. You have to keep going, you have to keep uh, getting better. And it was always a positive reaction. Uh, I guess uh, for me, it was always, uh, Len Goodman, who I wanted to impress with our dance uh, dancing, because uh, uh, I don't know something about Len. Uh, his expertise, uh, he never would uh, beat around the bush, and he would say just the way it is. And if you really did a good job, he will compliment you on it. And if you didn't do a good job, he wouldn't hold hold back, and he would really tell you what what it was all about. But uh, impressing him was always kind of a goal in the back of my mind. Thank you. That's so interesting to know behind the, behind the scenes, sorry. So thank you, Zoe, as well. Um, and now on to Sam. Hi, Sam. Unfortunately, we cannot hear you. Maybe I think you, you're muted. Uh, you need to press a little unmute button on your computer or your phone. Um, Is that better? Yes. yes. Perfect. Perfect. Uh, so obviously coronavirus has affected the arts and entertainment industry substantially, uh, closing the West End, cancelling concerts and halting a lot of TV production. Uh, you yourself had to postpone your latest tour with um, Algiers for Janet called Here Come the Boys until 2021. Uh, so how do you see the future of the industry changing because of the pandemic? And how do you think it will affect dance shows like Strictly this year? Um... Yeah, I think uh, it's it's kind of a difficult situation because because of the nature of the shows and uh, uh, involvement of a lot of people uh, in the production and audience, obviously. 
So we have to be careful and we have to be patient and we have to uh, try to go forward when it's safe and bring theater back, bring big shows back because people absolutely love it. And um, this is something that can take people's mind away from their everyday life and give them a chance to see something that will inspire them. So I'm not quite sure yet on time frame of uh, uh, theaters reopening, but I really, really hope it will happen soon. At this point, we can only just wait and see uh, how the country is recovering and slowly getting back to uh, previous way of life with freedoms and uh, freedoms of gathering, gathering without being um, dangerous to people around us. Thanks so much, Sam. Um, and now we've got Abby, uh, who wants to ask a couple of questions, actually, if that's okay. Okay. Hi, Abby. Um, so I had the absolute honour and pleasure of interviewing your amazing wife, Rachel, just on JLGB a few weeks ago. And she showed us all how inspiring she is and a role model in so many ways. But unfortunately, standing up for the Jewish community has led to a lot of online trolls. So my question is, what do you think about the courageous stand that she's been making? And how do you feel about the haters and the effect that it must have on you and your family? Um, I absolutely support uh, uh, Rachel in everything she's doing. And uh, she has golden heart and she loves, uh, uh, she's simply the nicest person and loves people around her. And she's just trying to uh, make uh, every everyone's lives uh, better and she has high standards for herself and I know her judgment is always um, level-headed and uh, directed in only in a positive way so of course uh, uh, haters that you're referring to uh, is a big part of standing up for something it doesn't matter what you stand up for uh, if you put yourself out there and if you uh, trying to take a position that some people, you, you'll find some people who wouldn't agree with that position and who would uh, want to oppose you. And unfortunately, with uh, a lot of um, social media, it's so easy to be anonymous and uh, at the same time say what you think. So that anonymity kind of opens up uh, a lot of possibilities for a lot of people to uh, not just be constructive, but being mm, negative towards other people. Uh, and uh, it's unfortunate uh, that uh, it happens. Hopefully, I wish it wouldn't, it wouldn't happen. I wish people, uh, who, people who scream for um, freedom of speech wouldn't shut other people uh, down using freedom of speech. Uh, but it, it is happening and all you can do is just uh, not giving enough uh, power to those people, first of all, inside of you, inside of your head, in, in your life, and uh, uh, try not to expose them that much. You have to stay on your message. If you truly believe that your message is the uh, good message and you support it uh, wholeheartedly, you have to just stay focused and see what, why and what you're doing uh, to help other people. Thank you. So 
very quickly, would you be able to give a shout out to um, my family friends, um, Layla and Jacob, who are the biggest Strictly fans ever? They're watching. I was wondering who was the biggest Strictly fan, but it's Layla and Jacob, right? Yeah. Okay, fantastic. <laughs> hi, Layla and Jacob. I uh, hope you're watching. Just wanted to say hi. And uh, thank you for being a biggest, uh, the biggest Strictly fans. Uh, it's always nice to, to know that uh, you are there watching, enjoying, and uh, all we do on TV, all the dancing, uh, we're doing just for you, for our fans, and especially for the biggest fans. Thank you. I'm sure they'll cherish that so much. Um, so now on to another Gaia, not me, but another Gaia. <laughs> all right. Hi, so this is kind of a few questions in one. But many people claim that they cannot dance. Do you think that dancing has a link to self-confidence in some ways? Can anyone dance? And if it's not too much to ask, could you either show us a basic dance move or even <laughs> name one of your favorite dance moves? Thank you, Gaia. Uh, I absolutely think, uh, and it's based on my extensive teaching career that everyone can dance. Yes, of course, some people are a little bit more uh, ta talented in that department, some people less, but with the right teacher, anyone can learn how to dance. And uh, going to the next part of your question, I believe self-confidence and your progress in dancing are closely tied. Uh, looking back at Strictly, for example, uh, you see all the celebrities who never danced, danced before and they come to the show and they start learning and first they feel absolutely uh, rubbish because they feel that they're doing something completely, uh, everything completely wrong, something that they've never done before. And over the weeks with the right uh, approach, you kind of learn more and more and more and suddenly you think, oh, look, three weeks ago, I couldn't even do this move. I couldn't even learn this uh, routine and now I'm doing it. So all of a sudden your confidence, confidence grows and you become uh, seeing your progress, seeing your achievements, you become more confident. So, but I think it's, uh, it's the same with anything else, with arts, with sports, with work, with studies. When you do something extensively, if you want to learn how to play piano, you have to keep practicing and uh, in short uh, or long Time, it's different for everyone you suddenly realize oh now I can do this you start feeling better about yourself the same with dance the same with uh, sport more you practicing more you train your muscles uh, better they become and that uh, transformation of your muscles transformation of your mind transformation of your creativity gives a positive push to your self-esteem and the way you look at yourself um, I'm afraid if I'm going to start moving right now, <laughs> I'll, I'll bring the camera down because it's all set up for a, a certain uh, um, format. So don't want to even touch it because it's going to shake and we're going to uh, lose it. But uh, I don't really have a favorite dance move. Every dance has something special in it that uh, no other dance has. And every dance has a special character and uh, special sets of dance steps that represent that, have, uh, that character and uh, comes with that dance. So only by having all of those dances together, the right, you kind of build this uh, puzzle 
out of little uh, pieces uh, and that becomes a, a complete um, mosaic kind of I don't know what is it a sculpture of uh, of some sort that uh, involves all of those tiny little moves. Uh, I guess Latin dancing is my favorite, more favorite, a bit active, a little bit more hips, a little bit more movement, a little bit more energy. I always loved pasadoble. Pasadoble is uh, a dance um, that uh, represents a bullfighter going through uh, with um, his bullfighting theme, kind of, and at the same time, uh, it's about a proud Spanish lady uh, who maybe not always likes what uh, her men who are going to fight the bull every day and possibly can not come back, and she tries to stop him. So it's a lot of drama and a lot of intensity in, in the dance. It's quite a strong dance, and uh, it would be probably one of my favorite, and moves from that dance would be my favorite moves. Thank you so much. Thanks so much, Gaia. That concludes our audience questions. So we wanted to know what's next for you, Pasha? What does the future hold in store for you? Well, I still hope to keep dancing. I still enjoy dancing so much. I'm not ready to hang my dancing shoes uh, on the wall. Um, but also I'm trying to venture out into more choreography and creative aspect of dancing uh, into productions and West End shows and eventually uh, have a few TV projects that are coming up. Well, now it all got delayed. So hopefully next year, if not a year afterwards. So I'll keep dancing. I'll keep uh, telling about dance to everyone who, who, who wants to listen and uh, try to encourage people try to dance, just try to go to the dance studio or even uh, pick any tutorial, especially now it's so easy to do with so many people putting dance tutorials out there on YouTube and other uh, or, or other uh, social uh, medias and try it a little bit at home and see how it goes for you. You will definitely feel better uh, with exercises. You will definitely want to do more of it and uh, hopefully we'll encourage more kids uh, to start dancing. Wow, that's so exciting. And I can definitely agree myself. Dancing always raises my mood, so thank you. Um, and as everyone keeps on saying, these are definitely unprecedented times and the physical, mental health and economic impacts may affect us all for some time to come. So, but I would say, do you have hope for the future and what positives may come out of this strange time in which we live in right now? Um. I always uh, felt and thought that uh, it all starts with me. And so I'm the one who's responsible for things that happen around me. Obviously, I cannot control the world uh, uh, global situation as much as I would like to, but I can help people around me and I can uh, learn the ways to stay positive, stay focused and go towards uh, the goals I set up for myself. And that's all. I, I believe that's all we all can do. That's the only thing that uh, you should be doing. Just improve yourself in no matter what uh, your field of uh, expertise or maybe not expertise yet, or you wanted to learn something. Just go there, do what you like, improve yourself as much as you possibly can, help people around you and uh, stay positive. It will balance itself out eventually. 
but uh, I feel if if you are positive inside, you will create that positive positivity around you, and uh, life will be much easier and simpler, rega regardless of the situation, uh, the, the big situation in the world. Definitely, totally agree. So finally, the big one. We always ask our guests to nominate um, and ask or ask another celebrity to be a future guest on our programme and help entertain all the children and young people stuck at home and watching. If you've enjoyed tonight's experience, which we really, really hope you have, um, who would you like to nominate tonight? Any chance? Wow, that's uh, <laughs> <laughs> totally caught me unprepared. Uh, um, I would... <sighs> I would have to get back to you on this one. I need to think about it, but I definitely will. <laughs> okay. Yeah, maybe. any chance you could ask maybe Claudia Winkleman for us or <laughs> even Ashley Roberts or everyone's mum's favourite, Anton Dubeck. <laughs> Absolutely. I'll reach out for them, especially now I know your preferences and uh, I'll get back to you shortly on that one. Maybe all three of them, or maybe one of them, hopefully at least one of them will, will <laughs> agree to do that. To do this i absolutely loved it and uh, i think you guys are doing an incredible job thank you pasha for joining us this evening and inspiring us all so much we really loved hearing about your amazing career and experiences and thank you so much for all the dancing and performing advice it'll definitely go to use so good luck with all that comes next and we hope to see you back on stage and screen very soon please send our love to rachel and baby maven and thank you once again. Stay safe, take care, and we hope to see you soon. Thank you very, very much. <laughs> Same goes to all of you. Stay safe, stay positive, and we'll see you soon. Somewhere, <laughs> I'm sure. <of> <laughs> yeah, somewhere. Thank you so much. And that's it. Thank you for everyone for tuning in this evening to the second night of our summer entertainment extravaganza, and yet again being a part of our history. Thank you so much for listening to Judge Me Virtual, We Are Live. Take care of yourselves and stay safe and we shall see you again soon.